Hello and welcome to Unmuddled, the podcast from the Kite Factory Media. In each episode, we take a topic from the world of marketing and media and simply unmuddle it, giving you the key information you need to know. I'm Christian Taylor, Head of Planning at the Kite Factory, and today's topic focuses on the charity sector. And I'm joined by two guests to unmuddle the topic of regular giving and specifically how charities can find growth in the regular giving model. The first guest is a client of the agency, Becky Young. Hello, Becky. Hi. Hey, uh, um, Becky is Head of Individual Giving and Engagement at Care International UK. And my second guest is a familiar voice. I've got Charlie Day. Hello, Charlie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Charlie is strategy director here at the Kite Factory. Now, you've, uh, I've got the pleasure of speaking to you both today, and you've both worked in the charity sector across various roles and in fundraising and supporter engagement. Uh, in fact, you've both worked at charities and agency side, um, but perhaps uh, that's a topic for another day. Um, <laughs> but uh, today's topic, regular giving, the stalwart of charity fundraising, we're going to sort of talk around the topic and, and Becky it'd be great to if you could please tell us a little bit about your role at CARE um, and how significant regular giving is for the organisation. Yeah brilliant thanks for having me on today I'm very excited to be on my first ever podcast so yeah I head up the individual giving team at CARE slightly unusually maybe compared to when I when I've worked at other organisations um, individual giving is a reasonably small proportion of our income about 80 percent of cares income in the uk is restricted to projects um so that that's a combination of things like our lend with care loans so 100 percent of what individuals loan goes to the person that they selected on the website and big multi-million pound projects in places like ukraine syria yemen um working on humanitarian and emergency response um in those countries and those the income from for those projects is directed by the donor the donor tells us where we need to spend them um of the the rest of the income about 25 percent of that is regular giving and it is our most consistent i would say most important stream of income because it allows everything else to be planned for and to be made possible. So even though it is a relatively small proportion of the whole, it's really crucial and is the bedrock of everything that we we can do. Absolutely. And I think that's the case for lots of charities. Um, and I guess regular giving spans not just your traditional direct debits, but lots of different models now as well. Um, and as we are January 2023 now, um, you know, we're three months away from the next financial year. I'm sure it's on the agenda for lots of individual giving and fundraising managers, uh, engagement managers across the UK. But there's a bit of a backdrop. Um, Charlie, share with us what sort of the backdrop for regular giving in 2023 is and perhaps some of the, the trends in the sector that we face right now. Yeah, sure. Oh, I remember as well being charity side because it's final month for budgeting for this year, isn't it? And it's usually a reforecast. So I remember, I remember that tricky time. I kind of feel the pain. Um, but I think now we, we seem to be, fingers crossed, mostly through the pandemic. So we're being asked by chari the charities we work with to look at fundraising objectives. And they seem to be moving from sustaining income, I would say, to growth. So that seems to be a key trend. I think product and channel wise, because the world's reopening after the pandemic, 
the fundraising products that took a step back. So face-to-face and virtual events are coming, um, sorry, face-to-face events are coming back again. Um, although there still is a place for virtual events, I think, but they are dropping back down. And because face-to-face is experiencing this resurgence, there is a question whether it'll be a honeymoon period. We were saying earlier that um, people were liking to have a chat um, after coming out of COVID. But obviously people are really conscious that lifetime value and retention is sometimes not as high as like the likes of TV with face-to-face. So there is that going on, but people are using face-to-face to keep their CPA lower. And then in terms of giving, we're seeing this we have been, and even pre-COVID, we've seen this downward trend of overall giving and people are giving less. And that's mirroring in regular giving as well. So YouGov tells us that regular giving's declined by 35% in the last five years. And this is because there are more charities in the UK in general and more people are doing regular giving. So the sector's becoming saturated. I guess to kind of sum all that up, there's quite a few trends in there, that because we're in this recession period and people people know that, you know, for your brand to stay in one piece or your charity, you know, your fundraising to stay in one piece, you need to keep investing through recession. But it's making people more nervous and people becoming more risk adverse. And I think regular giving is becoming more important to people because it's that solid income basis. So if you invest in regular giving, you can rely on it and it gives you the chance to do other things and manage that risk. So I think there's a lot of that going on. I think we're seeing that regular giving is becoming one of the most important fundraising arts and products back out there again because people are really liking its stability. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of touched on a few things there. It's 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 in decline in general, in line with lots mm-hmm. of individual giving, unfortunately. Um, so there's a challenge there in the sector. And of course, we're facing, you know, financial difficulties and challenges in the next sort of 12 months as well. But it's becoming back as a priority. Um, and I think, Becky, it's sort of your past few years, how have they sort of changed in terms of the priorities at the organisation? Yeah, so I, I can really relate to to what Charlie's saying there, and and we're in a, a similar position um, as the other clients that you mentioned about refocusing and starting to think about growth again, um, and particularly in individual giving. We, um, as an international development charity, we've been impacted a lot by government cuts to the UK aid budget um, in, because of the downturn in the economy and cuts to the, the programme, there's been about a 60% cut in UK aid budgets over the last couple of years. And that really kind of forced care and I'm sure lots of other organisations into almost like a survival mode, um, which meant that we we were very much focused on that in-year income and um, and and because of the kind of external context of lots of emergencies, um, Ukraine, Afghanistan, COVID, we've been in that kind of cash appeal emergency mode for quite a long time. And I think we've kind of come to the, the place now where we, we know that this isn't a really kind of short term period. We need to think of this as a medium to long term um, state and we need to make sure that our individual giving programs are providing that sustainability for the rest of the organization and um, so yeah that really kind of reflects where where we're at definitely i think that's the case for 
a lot of organizations. Um, so as we come back to maybe refocus away from, you know, uh, emergency appeals, cash appeals into regular giving again, Charlie, you, you undertook some research last year um, mm-hmm, and completed a report um, looking at the headroom in regular giving. Um, what sort of prompted that? And give us a little bit of context about some of the key findings from the report. Yeah, we were discussing this earlier, actually. So uh, Becky and I used to work at NSPCC back in the day. I won't admit how long ago. Um, <laughs> and Becky brought people in to the NSPCC and I kept them warm. And we were saying how it seemed to be simpler back in those days. You know, it was acquisition, regular giving and just keeping people giving forever. Um, but I think in the past few years, especially when I was working charity side, we be- we began to obsess over whether regular giving was dying. Is it too traditional? Has it been around too long? Are people tired of it? Am I tired of it? You know, we've got to do something new. And there's been this influx of value exchange products into the market because of that. So I think I wanted to really delve into the world of regular giving and see if See if it is dead or not, you know, see if there's headroom. I think the proud fundraiser in me is like, oh, my God, but it's ingenious. It's frictionless. You don't have to worry about seasonal dips. I don't have to rely on emergency or Christmas. You know, it's unconditional love, basically, isn't it? People give give a small amount a month for relatively most people. They can afford to give a small amount. It goes untouched, unnoticed. Um, and it's better than Disney and Netflix subscriptions, which I've always been really proud of proud of but we always have this sort of nagging feeling that hasn't been around for so long so that's what this report was all about really I think the really good news for charities thinking of starting a regular giving program or even charities that haven't established one but they want to increase it we found that it is definitely there's definitely headroom which is the good news um some of the things I found most fascinating is we think there's about 1.7 million of those younger audiences, so 18 to 35, who currently don't donate by regular gift that would consider it. And I think we've often dismissed younger audiences um, when you're thinking about regular giving strategy, but we found that they are really motivated than other older audiences to create a better world that they believe in. And they're really motivated by doing stuff that makes them feel good. So I think there's, it really, this report really indicates an opportunity to engage a new generation of charitable givers that are really cause-led which regular giving really lends to um it was also really fascinating well fascinating i found it fascinating that regular giving is still popular um 30 percent just over 30 percent of uk adults still giving regularly to charity and they're still mostly motivated over half actually or nearly half adults were motivated by the belief in the cause so people will give regularly if they see a real human impact of why they should. Um, what people listening to this might also find reassuring is that only 13% would cancel their direct debit when they're considering cutting back on their spending. I think this is really comforting for a lot of charities, especially given the recession and spiralling consumer confidence. Um, a large majority of people say their regular gift to charity would be the last payment to be cancelled. So holidays, cars other subscriptions, TV subscriptions would probably go first. And actually only 3% of the people we surveyed thought that direct debits were outdated. So I think sometimes we tie ourselves up in knots about actually direct debit, but I think people have direct debits in their bank account. You don't think about them, right? It's just a way, a really easy payment method. Um, So what one of the learnings from this research we did for me is actually really think about 
how you give and why you give as to being two different things. Does that make sense? Like people don't think direct debits are outdated because we use them all the time. But why you're asking for one is probably one of the things that should have focus. And actually, half the people with four or more direct debits would consider giving more, which was fascinating. And if you have four or more direct debits, you're less likely to cancel your charity direct debit. So there's lots of headroom. In summary, there's lots of headroom and there's lots of new, exciting things to be done. (laughs) Which is great. And I think, you know, you can second guess yourself in terms of thinking about, you know, those things like saturation in the market. Are Are there any more people that will give direct debits? And I think it's become challenging for lots of charities. I think the other context is that there's more registered charities in the UK than never before. So actually you're fighting for share of wallet almost um, Mm -hmm. for individuals direct debits. Um, So I think it's a good question to ask, but there are some really encouraging things that have come out of it. Um, Becky, given some of the findings in the report, um, what do you think are some of the biggest opportunities for care uh, to attract regular givers in 2023? And well, it's a, a really great report. Um, thank you, Charlie, and thank you for the kind of reassurance <laughs> that, that it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be okay, and there's still potential there. Um, it's it's really good to have those kind of figures behind it as well, and uh, to kind of share that with the other people internally who might. I mean, we have that exact same conversation that regularly kind of rolls around is this is there still future in this is there still growth so it's really great I think for us I mean we're we're definitely looking at kind of moving back into the face-to-face market we haven't done that for about four years and we we think that there's kind of potential there um but some of the stuff that, that that definitely kind of resonates with me in the report is about looking at the whole program more holistically than we potentially have done in the past. So we've been very, very reliant on face-to-face in the past and then with fluctuations in that and then um, issues with high attrition rates, that kind of put us in a bit of a vulnerable position with our regular giving program. So, so definitely thinking about the ask in a more holistic way, thinking about tracking our CPAs in a more holistic way um, and, and not all eggs in one basket is, is definitely something that I'd kind of picked up there. And I think it's it's really interesting to the the findings that you've got about a younger audience and how they are likely to give. I think there's real opportunity for us to kind of make the case for regular support. And, and sometimes we struggle with that, as all charities do. And I think we have the sort of emergency appeal versus long-term support um kind of case to make um but that's something that if we start from the position of regular giving and put that at the heart of our proposition i think that's a real kind of potential for us rather than kind of shoehorning it in at the last minute which i I know is kind of one of your recommendations of what not to do but we may (laughs) have been guilty of in the past Um, yeah, and I think there was another recommendation that you'd made in there about um, potential for trial periods. Um, and that's something that um, I think our regular giving uh, our direct debit provider has kind of has offered recently as well. So definitely something that we um, I think there, there could be potential, um, particularly in the context of emergency appeals. And if we can have more restricted regular giving um, that goes towards particular emergencies 
um, I think that's something definitely to look at and perhaps something that will appeal to that younger audience. So there's loads of food for thought off the back of the reports. Great. Um, it sounds like it was really helpful. I think it's, you know, those discussions have been sound very similar to some of the others that we're having across the sector. And I think one of the ones you touched on um, was a multi-channel approach. And, and I guess there's a real temptation at the moment, a, a completely understandable temptation to go back into face-to-face and really invest in potentially this honeymoon period that Charlie described area where people, you know, people are happy to talk to individuals again. Charlie, tell, tell, could you tell us a little bit about the experience about how you've balanced channels and cost per acquisitions and, and looked at things in different ways for, for a regular giving program? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it is tempting to um, look for that, you know, look for that quick fix or try and bandage, you know, holes you've got in your fundraising strategy. Um, I think one of our other clients, WaterAid, who I worked for with with at that side, client side for a while, um, we always focus on building a more holistic fundraising program, I think, to give you that kind of stability and give you a chance to do more innovation. So looking at your CPA across all your channels and kind of building that holistic and blending C- CPA and trying to integrate um, your comms program, I think it's really, really worth while doing and if you can kind of invest in it if you can invest in having that kind of full funnel marketing approach and integrating taking an integrating approach it doesn't mean that everything has to look at the, look the same but you kind of build it from that place i do think it can give you more stability in the long term and give you that freedom to play with different products different propositions but i think yeah i would always advocate for balance and having that regular giving um you know product for want of a better word to kind of keep that stability i think to what becky said about not tagging on the end i've done having been so many positions as a fundraiser over the years where we've tagged a regular giving ask on the end something is shiny and new and then wonder why it hasn't worked so i think trying to build it in from the start and building your creative idea for regular giving out of a tangible purpose-led regular giving proposition from the start and try and resisting adding a product on the top or adding an RG at the end um, is really worthwhile doing. It's really difficult. <laughs> I know I understand building it is really difficult, but having that genuine reason to ask for really gifts is really important. And I think there is a place for value exchange products as well, just to say that. I think there is headroom in regular giving and there is a place for value exchange, but I try and focus on having a mix for different audience because there is still a real argument for having a cause, a pure cause-led regular gift and that genuine reason to give right now in your mix. Um, yeah, and I think, I, th- I think probably one of the top recommendations coming out of that report is to look at understanding your younger audiences they have more financial constraints I think I think it's fair to say but I think they are more fired up to kind of change the world than older audiences and I think if you looked at coming back to that proposition if you can look to tailoring that regular giving proposition to kind of appeal to their whole value system and Christian you mentioned earlier about building loyalty programs but if you can look at people so not just through the cause, but actually what matters to them. I think you can, you probably can't find a way to tap into engaging with those younger audiences, giving more regularly. I think once some of our research showed that um, younger audiences are more likely to consider committed giving if it helps them achieve their potential. 
or they can connect with people so they can feel like a part of a community. Those are two big trends at the moment. So I think if you can use your proposition that gives more of an understanding of your purpose, they really understand what you're about. And then you can give younger audiences that opportunity to learn and give them a part of being a wider community. I think that there are probably some great propositions out there for regular giving. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. I think you've captured uh, a lot of the sort of key points that came out of the report and just to summarize some of those things before we close the podcast today i think some of the key things that came out really were were finding the headroom um some of the opportunities are increasing your understanding of your cause with younger audiences and perhaps mm-hmm. looking at um more flexible um regular giving options that might appeal to those audiences identifying the loyalty drivers of your target audiences so you can break down the barriers to giving for those individuals um avoiding tagging that rd ask on the end um and producing a creative idea out of your your call to action perhaps looking at this where you're placing your rd ask so you're on as many channels as possible to uh, reduce the risk um that might be sort of overburdening a single channel itself um and looking at that flexibility with tactical offerings so you know, reducing the time frame of a regular gift and those sorts of things. Um, well, thank you both for your time today. Um, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts on regular giving. That was really helpful. You can actually access and download the white paper um, that Charlie's written. It's available at the Kite Factory Media. So please do go and download that if you'd like to read more about the report. And uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast today, then please subscribe. Um, thanks for listening and catch us in the next episode. Yeah.